0: This podcast is brought to you by the Vonevitch School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to Jast About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host Bev Jones. If you're a regular listener, you know that I'm an executive coach and I'm an author. And my new book is Find Your Happy at Work. Our guests today are Beth Sinclair and Lexi Harrison. They're the mother-daughter team who've created the beautiful website, Crowded Kitchen. It's grown into a flourishing food-based family business. Beth and Lexi will talk about why and how they built their business and what it's like when your colleagues are your family. They'll also talk about why they focus on a plant-based diet, and they'll share the values that shape their approach to family needs. Lexi and Beth, I am so excited to talk to you today, and I'm eager to hear all about your family business, Crowded Kitchen. I know people will be interested in how you built your business and how you all work together and the kind of food you feature, but but first I want to hear a little bit from each of you about how your career path has gone, and and whether you ever thought that your next step would be to be in a family food business, I think it's a it feels like um, uh, it could be an interesting path. And I wonder if you'll each tell us a little bit about how you got here. Who, who would like to go first?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So thank thanks thank you so much for having us. Um, this is Lexi speaking. Uh, Just so you can get familiar with our voices, I am the daughter, and I will go first just chatting a little bit about my background. So I am about to turn 27, so haven't been in the workforce for all that long, and most of it has actually been with Crowded Kitchen. But uh, essentially, we started Crowded Kitchen back when I was a, just before I was going into my senior year of college, and I was a track and field athlete. And I went to a very small liberal arts school. We had a very small dining hall and not a lot of options. And I had all of these food allergy issues. So as a student athlete working with these food issues and very limited food choices, I basically just decided to start this Instagram account just to document kind of how I was getting through that and how I was eating and and just for fun, really. Um, And... As I was going into my senior year, I kind of made the snap decision to study abroad my first semester of my senior year. And we had just started, and my mom had been taking some nutrition courses at the time, so she was like, you know what, I'll help you keep it going, and uh, we just kind of went from there. So she kept it up while I was in Berlin, and then when I came back, we just continued doing it together. And after I graduated, I started my first job out of college at a food media startup in New York City and I just gained a ton of experience from there learning about the influencer industry and I was kind of thrust into this position where I was creating all of this photography and videography content for these high-profile clients and since it was such a small startup You know, we didn't have a ton of resources and I had to kind of just figure it out. So that was a really incredible experience for me and it allowed me to gain the tools that I needed to start our own business with Crowded Kitchen and really do it the right way. So at that point, after one year at that company, I moved back home to Michigan. And we launched Crowded Kitchen officially that fall of 2017, was it? Yeah, yeah 2017. 2017. So that is my background. And my mom's was a lot longer and more interesting. So, <laughs> uh-huh. her-
1: so Beth, yeah. I've, tell us uh-huh. a little bit about what your career has been and how you made this leap into the Crowded Kitchen.
0: Yeah, so um, I actually um, had a degree to teach high school um, social studies. And then when my husband and I moved back to Michigan, there really weren't a whole lot of jobs here. So, um, so I just did kind of some substitute teaching and some coaching because um, I had been a track and field and cross-country athlete as well. And then we moved to California for a brief time. We knew it wasn't going to be long, so I decided to teach um, preschool while I was there. So I went to the total opposite end of the spectrum. Really, really loved that. Um,
2: she's very creative (laughs) (laughs) and then
0: we came back to Michigan and um, I ended up getting a job working privately for someone um, working with um, teaching their children at home and then we had children and for a while I I really didn't I just I stayed home with the kids and um, took care of things in the home front and then uh, when my youngest was in fourth grade, I decided or yeah, fourth grade he was. Yeah. I decided to go back to um, teaching, so I um, got a job at the preschool in our school district and taught there for a number of years. Actually, love that taught four year olds; they're the best. And um, and then my mom was pretty sick for a number of years, so I kind of had to back off of that for a while. And then I ended up coaching. So I'm kind of like a chameleon. I've had a lot of different careers. Yeah. Ended up coaching at the high school and I got to coach Lexi and I coached her brother, actually both brothers. Um, So that was a really wonderful, rewarding career. I think I did that for seven years. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always had a passion for cooking. I got that from my grandma and um, photography. I've always really, really enjoyed it. Most of our family photos don't have me in them because I was usually the one taking the photos. Um, Yeah. And then Lexi started this and I just kind of fell into it. It's really been very rewarding and fun and allows me to use my creativity, I guess. Absolutely.
1: So I have a, a question, um, really going back to Lexi, um, uh, but also uh, related to your photography, Beth. Lexi used the term food media or food. What was Was that right? Food media? I didn't even know there was such a thing. Is that what is what does that entail and does that include photography or has it just happened that the two of you have the two big pieces and uh, tell us kind of how the division of labor is.
2: Yeah. So the food media company that I had worked for, for that first year right out of college, essentially, you know, it's definitely a a newer industry. So in some ways it's actually kind of difficult to explain, but basically they were a, uh, you know, an online media publication and they did crowd sharing of photography and recipe content from all of these amazing bloggers and creators across social media. And so they were working with these huge food and beverage brands, and they did all these, these large campaigns where we would create recipes uh, featuring brands' products, and then they would share it across their very large social media platforms. So that's kind of what I, I mean when I refer to food media. Um, and you know we're doing that essentially at Crowd Kitchen at, at a slightly smaller scale than than this company that I was working at before. But we've really developed uh, our company into kind of a three-pronged business where we in one hand, on one hand we we do content creation for several food and beverage brands so we actually create photography and recipes specifically for their marketing purposes and so that content never shows up on our website um, but we do that is a very large part of our business and then of course there is the the part of the business that is the recipes and the photography that we create for crowded kitchen and all of that content lives on our website In our social media. And then we also work with brands to do sponsored posts featuring their products, which, and that content also lives on Credit Kitchen. So today it's divided by. I Lexi do all of the photography and videography and then my mom heads up all of our recipe development so we've in the beginning we were kind of sharing duties but as we got busier and busier we realized that we both needed to really lean into what we were strongest at and it's much more efficient now that we kind of you know she's in the kitchen cooking and prepping everything and I'm shuttling it back and forth through the studio and taking the photos. And so we really have a system down and it works very well for us now.
1: That makes a lot of sense. So the um, website is gorgeous and um, you're, you also have an Instagram feed that is pretty spectacular and you have almost like 200,000 uh, yes. followers there. Yep. So, did you start with an Insta account and then be, create a website? Did you start everything all at once? How did do, how do those pieces come together? Because they both look really vibrant.
2: Thank you. Yeah. So many bloggers, I think that when you think of a blogger, they often started websites first and social media came a bit later. I think yeah. a lot of the successful blogs were founded you know, maybe 10 years ago now at this point. We were definitely the opposite. So we started out just as Instagram because as I, as I mentioned, when I was in college, we were just doing it for fun and, you know, it was just really not, we did not have a goal of turning it into a business. It wasn't (laughs) even Crowded Kitchen. Yeah. It was
0: Superfood Runner. Yeah. We had a totally
2: different brand name and everything. Um, So we, you know, we didn't even launch Crowded Kitchen as a brand until 2017. Uh, But yeah, we started that account, and we were fortunate to be on Instagram when the algorithm was a bit more favorable to content creators. Uh, So back then, it was definitely a bit easier to gain a following, and we found ourselves growing pretty quickly at that point. And I think we reached 100,000 in our first year of, of or maybe it was a year and a half after launching Crowder Kitchen. Wow. Uh, yeah, and at that point, we we did have a website when we were smaller than that. It was not a good one, <laughs> and that was not our focus. We pretty much only had it so that we could uh, post recipes there and, and have them live somewhere. So we officially launched our website as it is today about two years ago, almost two and a half years ago. And it's definitely taken a little while for us to figure out what we're doing there. It's, it's definitely a, a steep learning curve, but we are really trying to build out our website as our primary uh, form of social media, essentially, uh, in the future, because it's just a lot more sustainable and you know, social media can be a bit tricky with all the algorithm changes all the time. So that is where we're looking to go in the future for
1: sure. Well, here's something that I think listeners are going to want to know because it's something that I don't entirely understand. So I understand that you're doing photography and you're creating content and you're doing consulting for clients. So you're providing those kind of services, Mm -hmm. but the website is a big part of your business. So how, how does, and you don't have to share anything you don't want to share, but How does a business make money from a a big website like this and from Instagram? What are the income streams uh, that uh, come from a business like this?
2: Sure. So separately from our content creation business, uh, the way that we create income is through ad revenue on our website. So, uh, you know, if, if you've been on our website, like any other food publication or really any other online publication you'll see ads on the sidebar and and uh you know throughout the page and we have that because it you know it supports our ability to continue putting recipes on the website and that grows as our website grows so we're still you know we're on the smaller end certainly right now of food blogs but that has been growing a lot for us so we expect that to hopefully be um you know, maybe 30% of our income in the next couple of years. And then a large portion of our income for our website has come from sponsored content. So we partner with various brands and we actually now have an agency that represents us and uh, helps us negotiate partnerships and essentially, you know, take a brand, for example, Bob's Red Mill. We've worked with them for several years now. Um, We absolutely love their products and we work with them to create six recipes per year right now. And so once every two months, we come up with a recipe, we create a video, we do all the photography, and then we write a blog post sharing about their products and where people can find them and how they can use them. And then we share that on social media as well. And so, of course, we are compensated for that. So that has been a pretty uh, large portion of our income. And then there are also some some smaller revenue streams. Um, many bloggers... We'll make money through affiliate um, partnerships. We don't do that quite as much, but there are definitely other, other, <laughs> so many different revenue yeah. streams. On it, unless you YouTube, there's so many ways you can monetize. It's really for us. It's just been choosing which ones we want to focus on and, and really working on those. So,
1: so on, on the side and in in the photographs, I've I've seen various places. It feels like you started in Beth's kitchen and um, yet sounds like you're doing a lot of work. Are you still a home-based business or Beth, are are you like working around it when it's time to make dinner or how are you physically doing all this kitchen work now?
0: Yeah, dinner is, (laughs) dinner we actually will consciously like because I'll do the planning a a lot of times with what we're going to shoot especially if it's our stuff um and we'll kind of try to plan stuff in so that we do have dinner because (laughs) definitely I don't want to cook when the kitchen's closed down so um yeah, it's it's physically pretty demanding. Um, and do we have were, an intern now, which has yes. been absolutely fabulous. She's amazing. Um, she helps Lexi. She helps me. It's really taken a lot of the workload off of both of
2: us. But so. we do still work out of. But it's out always the house. Out of, it's always
0: been out of the house. Yep. It's in my house. Um, in a couple of years, when she and her husband get. Um, are able to purchase a bigger home and build a studio space in it then it'll operations will move there so
2: yeah and hopefully we'll be able to build something out that's more specific to our needs Um, but we basically converted my parents office into our studio so we have a whole uh, massive shelf with all of our props and all of our backdrops and our tripods and everything and then yeah so we're literally just shuttling stuff back and forth from the kitchen to the studio all day
0: We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash school
1: This brings us to, I think, another question I bet listeners are interested in, Um, particularly because there's a big new trend of um, family partnerships, but also people who are not even family members, an older person and a younger person joining forces to create businesses. But in the case of a family... It feels like it could get complicated to be one minute working on your project and the next minute having dinner together. How do you have boundaries? Do you How, how do you separate what's work and what's just hanging together?
2: Yeah, I think that's such a good question. And that's definitely something that we have. I wouldn't say struggled with over the years but really had to figure out uh to navigate it, yeah and to navigate because it is it is i think it's like any
0: like and so many people know now what it's like to work at home right and you really do have to you have to know when it's time to quit you know and when it's time to not be working and not ta- sometimes it's hard right because you'll be looking at a food magazine even and you're thinking about work and ideas and stuff so you just kind of have to learn to shut it off and when you're together just be together and not focus on it not so much. Talk about work. It's it hard,
2: though. It is, yeah. And we, but we definitely. Uh, it took us, I, I think, about two years to really get it right um, and to kind of get into mm-hmm. a flow where we were able to separate our work and our and our home relationship. And I think now, especially that we have so much more going on with the business and we're so much busier. We are able to do that more. Like when we're done with a project, we just turn it off. And we do have, you know, last night we we just hung out as a family. And and that was no no work talk or anything like that. And our division of labor is very comfortable now. I think
0: that we both trust each other to do you know, she's fabulous at photography and the blog posts and all the, in the business development and, you know, like the kitchen is my strength. And I think we just really trust each other that way. And I think that's helped a lot too.
2: Absolutely. It's so important to have
0: stepping on each other's toes and talking about this and that. And like, I don't know, that's helped a lot.
2: Well, I think it's really important to have, to have different strengths as well in a part and especially in a family partnership because yeah, I think otherwise it is definitely possible to, have these altercations or misunderstandings. But if you really trust each other in what each individual is doing, I think that makes for a really strong partnership.
1: Have any of your other family members uh, become involved in the business?
2: Yes. So my husband actually left his job as a senior financial analyst last year. It was actually almost exactly a year ago during the pandemic. He just decided that he did not want to work in an office anymore. And he has been amazing helping out with all of our backend website development and business development and just really a helping hand whenever we need it, which is often. He's <laughs> pretty
0: good at grocery shopping now and doing dishes.
2: So yeah, so that's, that's been amazing. And and then um, my younger brother interned for us one summer mm-hmm. and my dad he works from home as well, separately. So he's often helping out um, in the kitchen and, and just helping us keep business. Lots advice, of, yeah, yeah, business. Lots of advice. He's in sales and yeah. So it really is very much a family business for us.
1: So when the pandemic came, uh, it feels like you were well situated compared to so many people whose lives were just turned upside down. Were you able to just kind of keep going without? Having to, to do much change in your routines.
2: Yeah, well, we're we're very fortunate and, and and very grateful that it didn't impact our business very significantly. Um, but
0: actually, the the pandemic, I think people were home. And they were cooking from home. Mm-hmm. They were buying kitchen appliances they'd never had before. And so, um, for us, it was actually um, a really great time to pivot to as far as. Um, the types of recipes. Like one thing we're doing right now is going back and redoing all of our old recipes, simplifying them, because I think the pandemic made us realize like, hey, people need help. They need simple recipes or they can use pantry friendly ingredients. Um, You know, so it made us really think about like the types of recipes we are creating. And um, I think that's been a really good pivot for us. But yeah, the pandemic... Was definitely like a lot more people started interacting with us and
2: um, yeah, it was a good time for food blogs absolutely and people people were trying more complicated recipes mm-hmm. as well, um, like baking and different types of recipes so that was great but I, I yeah I think yeah we definitely had to pivot a bit but thankfully mm-hmm. um, you know people always have to eat so
1: yes <laughs> yeah. well tell us a bit about your recipes that you focus on plant based food yep. is that exclusively I, I'm i thinking of the recipes I've looked at. They all appear to be vegan. Is that everything or do you vary?
2: Yeah. So we, we do really focus on, on vegan plant-based recipes. Uh, that is our specialty. That's what we're best at. That is how we eat. And we have also found that, I mean, every year that we've been doing this, there's just more and more people that are even if they're not interested in being 100% vegan, they are interested in eating less meat and just making these small changes in their diet, even just a couple times a week. And so we really want to be that resource for people where they can come to our website and say, Hey, it's meatless Monday. I don't want to eat meat today, but I still want something that tastes good. And that's not going to be bland and just raw vegetables. And so we, we really want to be that resource that people can come to and say like, okay, this is an easy swap that I can make and it can still be something that my whole family will love and it's delicious and I'm not making any major sacrifices.
1: So I'm, I think probably oh, like a, a lot of people now, I um, don't eat meat, but I'm not, um, but I do use like real butter and real mm-hmm. cheese. And what I've been doing is looking at your recipes and saying, well, I'm not going to, use um, vegan cheese, I'm going to use uh, Parmesan, but it all seems to work together. I don't get the sense that you're preaching at me, that it feels more like it's an invitation. Is that sort of your attitude?
0: Yes, we're very... um I mean, I feel like everyone should eat what what feels best to them. You know, whatever feels good to you is how you should eat. We're not judgmental at all. Our whole family, actually, we're the only ones who are plant-based in the family. Um, and we have other people with nut allergies and things like that. So we're really, the whole concept of Credit Kitchen is really how do you navigate that? Like having, you know, been a mom that cooked for three kids and things like that. Like how do you navigate all these different likes dislikes allergies sensitivities without losing your mind and making four different meals Yes. even in our recipes sometimes we will like in the Mm -hmm. note section because i'll i'll add meat for my husband or my son-in-law whatever and we might note like hey this would be great with shredded rotisserie chicken or maybe some sausage or whatever so we often will note that um you know at the bottom of a recipe we don't photograph it that way but you know we're very flexible about that
1: so i think uh, you're right that people are thinking more about this approach and some people are getting allergies and things like that. Mm-hmm. If people are just beginning to think about eating less meat and ha- working plants into their life, into uh, their uh, regular dining, do you have some suggestions for how do you start? Because uh, it feels a little daunting for people who've been cooking in the same way ever since they were young.
2: Absolutely. I think it's it's definitely daunting for people that try to quit uh, meat and dairy cold turkey. I think that's fun there. Um I think that's very difficult for a lot of people. and I think a big hurdle is that people don't necessarily understand uh, meat substitutes, dairy substitutes and and what they are, how to use them. And I think that there's also kind of this misconception that, Uh, vegan means flavorless and just super healthy. And that's definitely not the case. Um, you know, of course we personally tend to eat on the traditionally healthier side of things, you know, we eat a lot of vegetables and, and grains and, and, um, and beans and whatnot, but, That's certainly not, we aren't, we don't limit our recipes to that at all. We actually try to recreate a lot of comfort food classics or um, baking recipes that we grew up with. And we try to make it so that people can, can make recipes that they've actually probably made at some point in their life, but maybe we're swapping out lentils instead of chicken. Right. A lot of
0: times I think it's if you're substituting for meat or something is thinking about what protein source can I add in? That's plant-based that really like it's not going to change the The flavor the flavor profile of the
2: recipe so yeah because of course i mean you know of course without meat there are different textures and sure and um you know fat content might differ but you can still have the same flavor profile especially you know we tend to focus on more global recipes that have Mm -hmm. a lot of different spices um, or ingredients that add a lot of flavor without having to add meat so that's
1: so i um, I think uh, I'm one of those people who struggle to find enough protein if I'm not eating meat. Um, and you mentioned lentils, I think. Uh, what are other ways to be sure that as you're making this shift, you're conscious of protein? Because it's, it's so important and it's kind of easy to find yourself uh, not getting enough for some people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there are a lot of protein sources people don't think about. I mean, even spinach has protein in it, you know, so I think I think it's about eating a well-balanced diet and not always falling into the routine of eating the same thing. I think a lot of people, when they go plant-based, like, they think, oh, pasta, and I'll throw veggies in, which is great. But, like, you know, how do you get the protein in your diet? And I think, like, lots of different grains. We use quinoa a lot, like even rices. Um, a lot of tofu. You know, oats, um, tofu. Um, yeah. So there are a lot of uh, seeds, nuts, a um, lot of legumes, Yeah, you know, lots of beans. So there are lots of different ways, I think to add it in and make it creative and different and not get stuck in that rut of just having pasta with veggies or something like that.
2: Yeah. And when my mom is developing recipes, she, she really, really tries to think about, is this recipe balanced? Is there a way that I can add in a protein or, um, add in, you know, a some kind of other element to to make it a more balanced meal instead of just you know of course we do have some simpler recipes that are just vegan plain vegan mac and cheese but um she really does do an amazing job of of thinking through that and thinking you know okay if somebody is really eating this to to feed their family is this going to be nutritious enough for a full meal
1: so what are your favorite recipes do you have some that you kind of bring up again and again in different forms that are just for each of you and, and maybe for some of their family members, what are there recipes like that, that are just your go-to comfort meals when you're cooking for yourself?
2: Oh yeah. That's such a hard question. Cause there are it, it's, it's hard for us because we're constant. I mean, pretty much all we do all week is create new recipes. So I feel like we're often eating new and different things um, and not going back to the same things. But I will say for me, the one recipe that I still make several times a week, probably two to three times a week, is uh, we have this this very simple Greek chickpea salad. And it's essentially just uh, chickpeas, uh, cucumber, bell pepper, tomatoes, vegan feta. Of course, you can use regular Kalamata olives and just this really delicious, easy Greek dressing and to me, that's just my go-to. I can make it. In, I know it by heart now. Mm-hmm. I can make it in 10 minutes, and I eat it all the time. <laughs> um, it sounds
0: yeah. good. I, I, I like the dishes that I use where, like, um, where I'm trying to make like the meat substitutes, and maybe it's a combination. So this goes to the protein discussion. So a lot of times I'll, um, you know, I'll use certain ingredients. Maybe it's like mushrooms because they have a meaty texture, and um, quinoa, and maybe some walnuts, and things like that to create more of a, a meaty texture in a dish lentils i often use so i think i like those types of dishes a lot more the savory yeah. i actually prefer creating savory stuff because it's a lot trickier to do the vegan baking in that but um yeah, I think more the savory soups. And we always had a lot of soups
2: when you were growing up. Soups. I love soups because I could freeze them.
0: And then on a night when I was like, oh, gosh, what am I going to cook? It's 530. Yeah. I could pull out a soup. So. Oh,
2: I forgot. Our, our The other one that I constantly make, I just made it this week, actually, even in the 95-degree weather. Uh, we have a lemon rice soup that mm, I make that is amazing. all the time. and That is and, really amazing. Um, it doesn't have chicken like a traditional recipe, but we do use, we blend them. Um, the traditional recipe has egg in it to make it kind of a thicker, creamier soup. And so instead, we blend White beans. cannellini beans. And which, again,
0: gets you protein.
2: Exactly. And it lends this incredible, rich, buttery texture to the soup. So that's that's another favorite. So
1: soup recipes is what I was looking at um, most recently, looking, as, looking for alternatives to a vegetarian chili, which I've done a lot of, and I... Was just amazed at how many soups you had, and uh, my mouth is starting to uh, water just as I think about it. And that's one of your recipes I'm going to um, pick out this week from the the soup recipes that I've noted. But we're we're about out of time. But let me ask uh, of all your vast recipes, if somebody is just thinking of an experiment and isn't really much of a cook, but wants to do something different and healthier. Could each of you make a suggestion of what they might cook this week from your site? That's pretty simple and kind of easy for people who want to just get started with more of a plant focus.
2: Sure. So I'll go first. Um, we do have we have a great simple recipe for vegan taco meat that's essentially uh, a substitute for ground beef or ground chicken and it uses I believe, walnuts lentils and mushrooms to create that texture and it's just a really nice simple recipe that you can use I, I, I think we, we had tacos every week growing up you yes. would just put out all the ingredients and everyone could create their own um, <laughs> combinations and I, I think that's just a great thing if you have kids um, you just create the base recipe and then you put out all the toppings and it's a great way to make an easy dinner and, and you can make it ahead of time
0: um, when you can make extras and you could use it in a different way like maybe yep, make a burrito, a burrito bowl, bowl or something later in the week or just a grain bowl
2: yeah so that's definitely one i would suggest i think our lentil
0: bowl and yates like i feel like ah, people yes. love spaghetti you know you think spaghetti and meatballs things like that but like um it's nice it has protein it's just traditional you know the onions carrots celery things like that um you you i think that's it. a really good one <laughs> yeah. yeah so
2: those
0: oh those
1: are those are good suggestions, and uh, I again, I want to encourage people if um, this conversation made them hungry, the website <laughs> is Crowded Kitchen, and it's, you know, if you just enjoy looking at recipes and beautiful food and wonderful photographs, uh, even if you don't feel like cooking today, I, I would recommend uh, Crowded Kitchen. Thank you so much for being here today. It's, it's been fun, and I am inspired to get into my own kitchen.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate
1: it. Today, we've been talking with Beth Sinclair and Lexi Harrison about how and why they created their thriving family business, Crowded Kitchen. I'm your host, Bev Jones, and I'm excited that my new book, Find Your Happy at Work, is available for pre-order. It'll give you lots of tips for finding more enjoyment and success on the job. Today's tip is that it is possible to turn your passion project into a successful business, but it takes a flexible mindset, an intense focus on customer needs, and a commitment to excellent systems and processes. Thank you for listening today. We hope you come back soon.